Hey, before we get started, if you are ready to pass your exams and become a licensed architect, you're going to want to listen to this. We are revolutionizing architectural education. It is my goal and mission to help as many people as possible become licensed architects while still maintaining their happiness. So introducing the architecture of play. This is our secret podcast series that will transform the way you study and prep for your ARE. Imagine having a happy work-life balance while also pursuing your dream of becoming a licensed architect. I promise you, it is possible. Our seven-episode private podcast gives you exclusive access to the secrets that can make this dream a reality. Remember, the more fun you have, the more likely you are to pass your exams and become a licensed architect. Start listening today at dci.beyoungdesign.com slash secret podcast. Don't miss out. This is going to transform your exam prep and help you enjoy the process of becoming a licensed architect. All right, enjoy the episode. Welcome to Design, Create, Inspire with me, Bryn Young. I'm an architect and entrepreneur with a background in interior design and small business management. I have been running a successful award-winning architecture firm for over six years, and I'm here to discuss all things design and business. There are over 1 million podcasts to choose from, so thank you for taking the time to chat with me today. I hope to bring you value with every episode I create, so let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to a new episode of Design, Create, Inspire in a new year. We made it to 2021, which is so exciting. I always love the new year just because there's just this energy. Everyone is hopeful and excited and positive, especially this year, I think, with how 2020 went. I think even though I believe that like a date doesn't change everything. There's something about the energy of everybody in being excited and everything that I love. So I hope you had a wonderful holiday, a wonderful new year. And I know it was very, um, you know, different than normal, not really being able to see friends and family like usual, which I was feeling a little this year. It was, it was tough, but, um, I hope that you still were able to enjoy it the most. So before I dive into today's topic, I do have a little bit of business. I decided to do something at the end of the year, and I had a couple people, quite a few, reach out through like email or through Instagram, and were just so supportive and sweet about the um, podcast, and I just love hearing the feedback. It's so nice, especially with dialogue like this, where it's not even, it's like monologue, it's not a dialogue. I don't get to hear feedback directly or I don't get to see comments directly. So it's really helpful when people do reach out um, or leave reviews so that I know that people are finding value in this. So um, I have had a couple people say, how can we support you? Or I love what you're doing. It's provided so much value for me. Um, Like, what can I do? So I decided I, I haven't wanted to put ads in the show quite yet. I'm sure, of course, one day I would love to if I found the right sponsor and it fit well with the show, um, because, of course, monetization is always 
a pro for something like this that does take quite a few hours. So one day I would love to do that. However, I'm just, um, with it being so new, I just don't want to do that quite yet. But so I was trying to think of how, what I should do. Um, and so I decided to put together a Patreon. And for those of you that don't know Patreon, it's basically like a platform for creators and artists and everyone who do provide free, uh, resources and art to people. It's a way for those people to become supporters. So, um, you know, as little as like a couple bucks a month. So literally for like the price of a coffee, like a black coffee, no cream, (laughs) um, you can support the show. So it's on Patreon, Design, Create, Inspire, and I will put a link in the notes. And um, I will be providing with that some little bonuses. So early access to shows and videos. I'm going to be doing some um, exclusive shows that will just be for Patreon. I've already recorded a bunch of uh, sh- uh, what am I calling them? They're like quick questions. So I think I have like 15, 15 or 20 quick questions where, uh, there's a lot of common questions I get asked and it's like a, a spitfire quick question and answer. Um, so that's going to be on there for Patreon. I'm also going to be providing some of my downloads. So on my website, I do have some downloads that are paid for, they're not much, they're like 20 bucks or something. But um, I will be providing some of those for certain tiers of the Patreon too. So there's bonuses um, that work for it. It's also, you know, supports the show and allows me to provide better quality content for you each month. So if that is something you are interested in, I thank you so much and you can head over there. And again, the link will be in the comments to today's show. I'm very excited about today's show because it is all about minimalism. So I guess I always do this. I basically like go off my head and not off my notes at all uh, because I I guess like right when I said that, what pops up in my head is that I want people to know that living a minimalist lifestyle or going, you know, living minimally doesn't necessarily mean you have to live in like a cold house with, and I mean cold in terms of like it's concrete and very modern design, which I love, but some people think it's cold or it doesn't feel lived in at all. I know that a lot of times there is some flack of modern design from certain people that it's just not their style because they want something homey and warm and cozy and lived in. So right off the bat, I want to say that you can live a minimal lifestyle and be a minimalist, even if you live in a space like that. And just because you live minimally doesn't mean you have to have sharp edges and it's not kid friendly and there's zero toys. You know, I mean, for me, me and my family try our best to live a minimalist lifestyle. We have a kid, we have basically a farm. We have two cats, two dogs, a bearded dragon. I love bold colors in my design. So, um, we don't have like one single color palette in terms of artwork. I love beautiful, bright colored artwork. Some of my favorites are 
um, from local artists or from Peru. So we live in a minute, we live minimally. However, visually, there's still character, if that makes sense. Basically, what it comes down to is by living minimally, we try to reduce clutter and um, try to be intentional with what we bring in and out of the house. Some of us are better than others, and I'm going to go into that later of how you do this when you live with a family, because that can be a challenge. However, it's totally doable. So what got me basically started in this was, I think it was around 2016, I watched the movie, and I, I was in this, I was in it before I watched this movie, but um, this one really like lit a fire under me, is Minimalism on Netflix, and it's still on there. Definitely go watch it, and actually I just went on there on New Year's Day on Netflix, and they just came out with like a sequel. I only watched maybe 30 minutes of it, so I'm excited to finish it, but um, so now there's two minimalist movies on there. I also think that nowadays it's become a lot more popular with like Marie Kondo and the the KonMari method and uh, shows like organizing shows and stuff like that. So I think it's becoming more mainstream and like trendy maybe, which is really exciting because it is a really good trend, especially with how crazy everything is with Amazon and how easy it is to purchase things. I mean, we could literally Think of something, 30 minutes later, it could be at our door. So um, the consumer culture that we live in right now is so high that it's sometimes challenging to be a minimalist or to go that route. But, um, and I'll talk about it later, but like there's so many benefits of this. So back in 2016, I watched that documentary Minimalism, which kind of got me excited about it and ready to actually start taking steps towards it. Again, I kind of always had that in my back, the back of my mind, probably most once I became an adult. Once I, when I was a child, I didn't really think much of that. But like as an adult, I started wanting to live more minimally. And then um, there was also this thing, I don't even know how I found it, but it's called Project 333. And that was really the first project that I took on that pretty much changed things for me. So definitely go look it up, Project 333. I'm not going to go into total, like all the details, but it's basically 33 items of clothing. And every three months, you go through it. Hey, before we get started, if you are ready to pass your exams and become a licensed architect, you're going to want to listen to this. We are revolutionizing architectural education. It is my goal and mission to help as many people as possible become licensed architects while still maintaining their happiness. So introducing the architecture of play. This is our secret podcast series that will transform the way you study and prep for your ARE. Imagine having a happy work-life balance while also pursuing your dream of becoming a licensed architect. I promise you, it is possible. Our seven-episode private podcast gives you exclusive access to the secrets that can make this dream a reality. Remember, the more fun you have, the more likely you are to pass your exams and become a licensed architect. Start listening today at dci.beyoungdesign.com slash secret podcast. 
Don't miss out. This is going to transform your exam prep and help you enjoy the process of becoming a licensed architect. All right, back to the episode. And I'm pretty sure that's right. But 33, it sounds really extreme. And it kind of was extreme because I think it was 33 total items, like including jewelry and stuff like that. I didn't do that, but I did 33 pieces of clothing. So take everything out of your closet, only put back in the closet what you love with intention. And this makes it so much easier when you're taking things and putting them back in. Rather than if you're going through and you're like, taking things out to get rid of it, it's so much easier to leave stuff in that you maybe don't really love. So you have to take everything out, put back things, and you only put back things too that are in season. So that's part of like the three month thing here in San Diego. Little different because we kind of have like one to two seasons. But then you store whatever is out of season, but then you get rid of everything else. What I did too, if there was in between things, like I wasn't positive if I wanted to get rid of it, then I would um, put it in a storage box that was basically out of sight, out of mind, and would go back in it in three months. If I still didn't like need it or care about it or I didn't think about it twice, I get rid of it. So this project basically changed how I did things. I basically reduced my closet or my wardrobe by two thirds. And it, it does sound kind of extreme, but for me it really worked and it felt very cleansing and wonderful. Um, 2016, I was also pregnant and my daughter was due beginning of 2017. So that was also part of my purge. We didn't have a lot of room for another human. <laughs> in our space. So I wanted to get it as decluttered as possible to make room for her. And that really helped it just clear the space. So then I realized that with that, I wanted to move that into other areas of my life. So I just started practicing an or this concept of, do I love it? Does it bring me happiness? Do I have multiple things that serve the same purpose? Like, do I have a thousand pens? probably don't need a thousand pens. And that's, you know, as an architect, you tend to have a thousand pens. So it was going through each area step by step. So then in January of 2017, I started this as a challenge. So I started this 30 day minimalism challenge, taking the different concepts, taking kind of what I had learned, and I put it in a step by step challenge, basically for myself. And so I would do this challenge January and then usually another time during the year, like maybe summertime, just to do it more often. And it's very interesting because the more you do it, obviously, the way easier it is. Like parts of the challenge I barely even do anymore now because I don't even need to because I've gone through it and haven't needed to do it again. The first time around, it's definitely a big task. So, you know, it's a lot more work. But the more you do it, it's easier. And it also allows you to be very intentional with what you bring in because especially when I was doing the project 333, I'm like, okay, I have 33 items. If I bring one in, I have to get rid of one because then I'm at 34. So that allowed me to be really intentional. And with the minimalism, it, it, you start to kind of, at least for me, I started to get kind of off track a little bit 
So doing it twice a year gets me back on track, gets that clarity, gets me excited about that whole mindset again, and gets me there. So the benefits I saw pretty much instantly were, especially one with the wardrobe, is I tend to be kind of a creature of habit, especially with my wardrobe. I'm a minimalist in terms of dressing anyways, so I love basics with a few key bold pieces. So I don't need a thousand pieces. I can have a handful and it doesn't mean they're dirty or it doesn't mean I have to wear the same thing every day. It's just like a capsule wardrobe. And um, I find that this is amazing because when I'm going to pick something out, I, I basically wore a capsule wardrobe anyways, but I would filter through all the things I didn't want to wear just to find what I wanted to wear. Now, like I don't have to look through that shirt that, that I would pass by year after year. Now it's just what I wear. So this clarity and simplicity, it's less stressful. Um, in terms of the house, when you declutter, it helps so much because there's just not visual clutter. There's not visual items. It helps with cleaning because you're not having to put away so much stuff. This, especially with kids, is huge because with kids, it gets out of control so quickly. And my daughter is almost four now, and so she's really into all the little things like Legos and you know, each thing that she buys has a thousand little pieces that are this big. So it's hard, it can get really out of control really quick. So I have kind of a one in one out rule, which I'm not super strict on, but I try to be pretty much with it on is when a toy or a new thing comes out, we choose a toy that we don't use anymore and we donate it. And um, I'll talk a little bit about that in a little bit about getting kids involved and stuff, but that has been helpful because it keeps it rotating. We can't expect her to not have new toys. I mean, especially with the holidays and birthdays and family and friends who buy her things. I, I'm not like so strict that we only play with the stick and that's it. Like we, we have toys and stuff, but we just, I try to be very conscious of what's played with, what's not played with, and filter things out things out, and donate as much as possible. I'm part of a group called Buy Nothing, which is B-U-Y, nothing, on Facebook. And if you're on Facebook, do that. It, they're local based on where you live. And it's just basically like a donation area. So I will put toys on there. I'll put things on there all the time. It's the best because then more people can enjoy it. And I make that dialogue clear with my daughter too. Like, do you play with this anymore? No? Okay. Um, let's donate it to someone who will play with it. Or, you know, a little, a little kid might love this and would, it would bring him so much joy. And in the beginning of doing this, we started early, like, like 18 months, I would walk her through it. And of course she would say, no, she doesn't want to donate or want to keep everything, which makes sense. Um, but I would still keep her involved in the thing, in the system because I'd say, okay, well, we'll play with it for a little bit longer. If we don't, then we'll donate it. I don't want to make it traumatic or anything like that. I don't want her to have like this association with like needing to keep everything or everything gets thrown away or whatever. But then I generally would go through all her stuff afterwards clear it out, whatever is not age appropriate anymore or whatever she doesn't play with, put it in a bag, put it out of sight, 
if it's not asked for for a week or two, I donate it. But as she started getting older, she's starting to catch on more. And she'll even come up to me and say, uh, Mom, I don't play with this anymore. We can donate it. It's no problem. And I'm great. This is amazing. So even if you feel like your kids aren't listening and you're like just talking to a wall, I swear they're listening and it's going through. It's just, you know, practice and, and they see what you do and they'll emulate it. So that has been how we've been successful with doing this with the kids. But yeah, so I have created, I don't know why I'm just now telling you this, I'm probably like 20 minutes into this, but I created a 30-day minimalism challenge PDF. So after in 2017, after my first year of doing it, uh, I jotted it down and I made notes and stuff. And in 2018, I believe, I posted it on Instagram. And so I had people join in on it and each day posted the challenge and got a lot of great feedback. And in 2019, I did it again too. Um, and each time people have loved it. So I decided this year to create an actual PDF where it, it is the overall calendar and then each day has uh, recommendations, tips, it even has links to certain items that I love that keeps things really organized. And then at the end, I have inspiration, um, books that are really great for this topic, and then like more individual products and stuff that help with keeping organized. And I know it's like buying products for being minimal, but it really does make a difference with how you store things to keep that minimal lifestyle going. So everything needs a home. And if things have a home that's clear and hopefully labeled, which I know can like be a little type A. And if you're not type A at all, it could be like, yeah, right. Like I'm going to have a labeled bin, but I promise you it seriously is a game changer, especially with family, because if you have a labeled bin, there's no questions about it. Even on my daughter's thing on the label maker, there's like little um, pictures that you can put on it. So like it'll say dolls and then I can put a little picture of like a little girl. <laughs> and I promise you, it really makes a difference because then there's no question. My husband can't be like, oh, where does this go? I'm like, oh, there's a label right there. Easy. So it really makes it kind of idiot proof for the whole family. So labels, um, again, bins, like keeping things just contained and organized. It's helpful for organization, but also to keep things minimal because you know where things are. You don't buy something new because you didn't know where to find the thing you already have. And it just helps streamline things. So there's a couple tips I have for starting a minimal lifestyle. So of course, download the challenge. I have a lot of tips and resources and what to ask yourself in there. Uh, but just off the bat, if you want to start this practice right this second. A couple things are being really intentional. So being intentional with how you bring things into your house. So how you spend money and how you purchase and what you bring in. And then the other thing is just how long you hold on to things. I know there's a lot of people that have a hard time getting rid of things. And so this could be especially difficult for them. Um, but it's really important to ask yourself like why you're holding on to it. So one thing that's really important is having a 
single-use item. So basically like an item that only works for one thing rather than a item or a tool that works for multiple different things. So I see this a lot in the kitchen. Um, in the kitchen, there's a lot of gadgets and items that are sold that are really, really, really specific. Like I can think of a grapefruit slicer or segmenter. There's like these little things that you can push into a grapefruit and it gets the little piece out perfectly. It's like, okay, well, or you could just use a knife and segment it. And then you can use that knife for like a thousand other things. So I think that is really important, especially when, so when you're buying, make sure like, does this have multiple uses or am I just buying this one thing for this one use that I may use three times and then it's just taking up space. And then the other thing is when you're going through all your stuff, take an inventory of how often you use it. Um, does it serve multiple purposes? Not that everything has to serve multiple purposes, but just take an inventory. If you've only used it maybe once in the last year and it's only really for avocados and <laughs> you've had avocados multiple times in the last month, but you don't even use the avocado thing, get rid of it. So it's kind of like these are the ways to go through things and feel comfortable with getting rid of things. Sentimental items are a tough one because these can be really difficult for people to get rid of and for good reason. It's understandable. There's a couple different reasons items are sentimental and I think that is important to think about when you are going through things. Why is it sentimental? Does it provide positive feelings and joy and happiness or does it bring negative feelings? Is it from a negative time in your life or maybe a negative person that you no longer have in your life? Those are really important things to distinguish whether you should keep it or not. Really thinking about that and just ripping the band-aid off and getting rid of things. Another one that I see a lot is paperwork. So kids artwork, old school work, you know, some people, and I was one of them too. Like I keep binders of old school work and it's like, why? Um, what am I ever going to do with this? And also like, what would I ever pull it out? Sometimes, you know, you're proud of yourself for your work. So what I recommend with paperwork is scan it all. Even if you don't have a scanner, we all have phones in our pockets these days and there's lots of great scanner apps scan it take a good quality scan and comp compile it onto a folder on your computer and then you have it all but then you can purge it so you're not having to store that paperwork so I have a couple items like this like journals from when I was in fifth grade and little things like that that like have the paperwork or I mean not the paperwork have the handwriting and little nuances that I love and so I do keep a few items but what I recommend with sentimental items is that you narrow it down to a single box and I know for some people that can be very difficult so what I do recommend doing is having your one single box that you narrow it down to that has all your sentimental items. And if you do have overflow, make one more box with your maybe items and put that away. Obviously your sentimental items will probably go in storage too, but make a note, put it away. And in three months, come back to it and go through it again. 
Were any of the items something that you just like felt dread that you got rid of it, quote unquote, got rid of it, or you felt like you needed it in that time? Sometimes I find that going through things a second time, you're like, why was I keeping this? I don't need this. I can get rid of it. And so do it a couple times, narrow it down until you can only have that one box because that really does make a difference. So this video and podcast is getting a little longer than I would generally like. I think that, um, there's a lot of, there's so much information I could go on forever, but I don't want to lose you and lose the interest. So I am going to stop it here. I'm going to say go download the 30-day minimalism challenge. There's lots of great information in there, um, day-to-day tips and tricks and hacks and all of that stuff. But then also reach out to me if you have any specific questions. I am thinking about doing um, like a video series on the day today, maybe like take it one week at a time, but I'm not positive I'm going to do that yet. And I may do that for the Patreon. So TBD, but, um, yeah, I think I'm going to leave that here. I, again, hope you guys had a wonderful year. I hope that, or wonderful new years. I hope that you do have a wonderful year and I thank you all so much for supporting me and joining me on the last three months that we've been doing this. I've been loving it and I can't wait for many more exciting episodes for the new year. So head on over to Instagram at Be Young Design. Follow me there. Patreon now at Design Create Inspire. Um, my website, of course, where you can always find me and reach out to me. You can rate and review YouTube, <laughs> iTunes. I'm kind of everywhere um, all at once. And it's, crazy and I love it. So if you have any comments or questions, again, like I was saying earlier, I love when people reach out and let me know. So I hope you have a wonderful day and I will see you all next week. Bye.